0: Values and strong opinions the Mike Broomhead show KTAR News 92.3 FM in the KTAR News app All right thanks for being here uh, one of my favorite guests to have on the show is Kristen Vents from KB Advisory Groups we can look at what's happening she can tell us why and where it's going so uh, let's touch base with her now Kristen welcome back to the show
1: Thanks for having me. I love that music every time. I
0: know. It is, well, listen, it's a nickname that should stick. You are the Blonde Reaper, that for sure. <laughs> uh, calling us, I'm sure, from a bunker somewhere eating uh, canned meat and... Uh... Preparing for the worst. Uh, Let's talk. Let's. I'm going to ask a question, and I want to tell you to tell me as you usually do how wrong I am or where I'm wrong. Uh, The three quarters of a point. What happened yesterday? Obviously a bad sign. But because of Powell saying more is going to happen this year, which means maybe another three quarters of a point before the holidays. What are you saying to the retail industry? It can't be good.
1: It's not good. And they're just going to keep hiking into um, a, quote, unquote, what are we calling the recession these days, a correction or a change of direction? I can't keep up. Right. Uh, yeah, it's not good. And it will be um, painful.
0: Yeah. And that's the issue for me is uh, they're now saying, and experts, economists, people like you that are in this industry are now saying that there's they don't see any way forward with what they're going to have to do to correct inflation without some serious job losses. Where do you see that happening?
1: You already see it happening. Right. So in addition to the layoffs that you and I were talking about with the gap and um, other companies that are in my sector, tech companies have been laying off and they're just not hiring. So it's not necessarily layoffs. It's also they're just not if people are quitting or leaving, they're just not replacing them. And I think that's that's very, um, you know, prolific right now what we're seeing in the job market.
0: Do you think that the layoffs we just saw from the Gap company, do you think that that is just a sign to come in the retail industry alone? Or is that something you think major companies are seeing what's happening? It's going to happen with layoffs everywhere.
1: Well, that's a whole other episode for United to discuss the Gap. I mean, all of their wounds are self-inflicted. This Kanye kind West of thing was a debacle. Um, And I think because they paid him out so handsomely for a really awful product, now they're getting rid of people in their corporate level to um, basically kind of true up that situation. So that's a whole other okay. issue.
0: All right. I, I do think we'll see more. Um, we know, we I was reading a story. We talked about this last hour. I said this is how it's affecting the average person. You're going to see credit card rates go up and, and for people it could be you know, 15 know 20 bucks a month. They're paying more in interest. But what does this do to families as they look at the holidays saying already, the only way we make it through the holidays and have any kind of a Christmas for our children is going to be with credit cards. With rates going up like this, do you see people even scaling back more?
1: Oh, yeah. In fact, there was a, a huge um, consultant study that was out yesterday saying that 77% of consumers were looking for deals and 79% have already cut back their um, shopping. So right now what's happening is you're using one credit card to pay for the other credit card. Okay, So wow. you're paying off your utilities from the summer. You're paying for you know, the inflation at the grocery store and whatnot. And you're also paying off back to school. So I I really don't think I think we're going to see a very tampered down holiday season and people are already, you know, kind of eyeballing it. I just don't think you're going to see a robust. I think it'll be flat. I think holiday sales will be flat. I'll say it now.
0: All right. Will that be now at places like Target, Walmart, Amazon, or is it going to be all the way up to the people that are shopping at Scottsdale Fashion Square? Does it affect everyone?
1: Well, here's the thing. So, you know, when you and I talk, I always have these core four stocks that I recommend that I happen to like and I my clients like, right? Nike, LVMH, Restoration Hardware, um, and Lululemon, okay? When the CEO of Restoration Hardware comes out on his call and says, we're in a recession, (laughs) that's kind of bad. So I think you will even see on the high end a little bit of restraint there. But again... People trade down. So Walmart and Target, I think, will be robust. But we saw what happened to them in July and August because of the supply chain issue. Right. So everyone's trying to handle labor issues. They can't find enough people. They can't hire enough people. And then they couldn't get their product in. Now they're drowning in product.
0: And so what does that do you think? Do you think that there may be an upside in the sense that people, the retailers may be trying to get the dollars that are out there now instead of closer to the holidays and try to get deals in people's faces now? So they shop now while they still have some cash. Could that happen?
1: One hundred percent. That's why they're trying to get your share of wallet. So Walmart just came out yesterday. And this is funny. They're only hiring 40,000 people this year for Christmas instead of one hundred and fifty thousand. Oh, wow. so people are very angry with them, <laughs> but they're doing a very intense price rollback to get your share of wallet. So um, everyday low pricing, which is actually a term that we use in the retail industry that Target and Walmart use, And then also the dollar stores are really stepping up because they are getting people that are trading down from Walmart to dollar stores. So that whole sector, you definitely want to look at not only to shop at, but to invest as well.
0: So what's next? I mean, for the average consumer, from the people here that are listening, from the Walmart target shoppers to the people headed to, uh, to Fashion Square, what do you say to them moving forward, at least in the immediate future between now and the end of the year?
1: Well, you're you know, you're going to have to divvy up your share of wallet between food inflation, gas inflation, you know, and it's come down here in Phoenix. What's our inflation rate? 13 percent. That's prolific. So I think you're going to have to really game out and strategically place where you spend your money.
0: So when you uh, – so with the consumers here, and I, I'm thinking about the Valley just like you are and the high inflation rate here. So obviously the raising of interest rates is supposed to slow down the economy that's going to drive down prices and drive down inflation. When does that begin happening? Because it sounds to me like they're saying with the three-quarters po- of a point increase yesterday that that's not nearly enough. It's going to happen again. So should we – we're going to see higher prices along with higher inflation and interest rates, correct, for at least for a while?
1: Oh, correct. I mean, yeah, it, there there will be definite pain ahead. And no matter how much the administration currently tries to talk about, um, you know, beating inflation and having little seminars and gas prices dropping, everything else is still so highly elevated. I mean, everything. So I would tell consumers to brace.
0: When you look, uh, last question is: when so looking at this, we the one bright spot in the economy which the White House has been, and accurately, I think, and and justifiably, if they're going to look at bright spots, has been the job market. uh, There's availability for a side hustle and for someone to have a job where they're paying more money than they were making before. That's going to correct according to the experts. What is that going to do? When those job corrections, when those jobs start to dry up, what do you see happening next?
1: Well, they already are starting to happen. So, you know, COVID basically made people kind of um, reassess their life and their career and their daily work life. So then you saw all of this fleeing to like, I'm going to drive for Amazon, I'm going to drive for Uber, I'm going to do an OnlyFans account. Like there are all of these different alternative methods that people are looking at to create side hustles. But when those dry up, what happens? So it's interesting. And, you know, I just had um, a friend in town for her birthday and she flew in from New Orleans. And the airport was like every amenity at the airport was closed because they couldn't find enough people to work. Like that's insane. So you really have to look at the market to see why aren't these jobs being filled.
0: But you think some of those jobs, it's going to be forced into being filled now, right? There's going to be people that lose work that will be looking for anything soon.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, and also you have to trade off. Okay, so I can't afford to fill up my car to get to my job. So what am I going to do about that situation? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's just a lot of stress on the consumer. And I find it ironically, and you and I, you know, we're talking deeply during COVID on the air. I find this economy more stressful now than the COVID economy.
0: Yeah, that's that's so strange because we didn't think anything was going to be more stressful than that. Right. Wow. Uh, listen, it's always great to talk to you, Kristen. Again, let people know where they can follow you on social media.
1: Sure. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at, at Bence, and there is only one. <laughs> and you can follow me on Instagram at KristenCBentz. And there are a lot of, like, weirdo, bizarre accounts that try to say they're me, but I'm the only one.
0: And it's uh, it's Kristen with two eyes, but not in a row. And um, <laughs> not in a row. And Benz, B-E-N-T-Z. <laughs> B-E-N-T-Z, correct. All right, Kristen, great to talk to you. Thanks so much. All right, that's Kristen Benz from KV Advisory Group. Coming up in a moment, we get you caught up on all the news of the day with Did You Hear This? <laughs> strong values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, let's continue the busy news week and catch you up on Did You Hear This? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories.
2: The Federal Reserve raised interest rates again yesterday, and former Labor Secretary Robert Reich explains how it will affect jobs.
0: With inflation driven by these conglomerates raising prices to increase their profit margins the major effect of interest rate hikes is just to depress wages and limit jobs
2: Are you concerned about a possible decrease in job availability? Oh,
0: my gosh. I just love that analogy that the profiteering, they're driving up prices. Whatever. Reich is just a funny guy. Um, I am concerned about job losses. I have been saying all along, in all fairness to the president of the United States, he is 100% right that the shining spot in this economy in this time of great inflation has been the number of jobs that remained available to the average American worker. Every expert is now saying they will dry up. I just love the time when somebody gets on TV and says, they're raising their prices at a time of great inflation just to increase their profits. and So that's the fault. That's who's at fault. There's no policy from uh, from the government that is driving up prices. It all has to do with these conglomerates of people standing around, wringing their hands, Ebenezer Scrooge, no coal on the fire for you, just get back to work on Christmas Day. It's just one of those things that make me laugh when I hear him say it.
2: Three El Paso City Council members drafted a letter to Mayor Oscar Lake Gleaser to take action on the border.
0: It urges him to issue a disaster declaration in hopes of receiving state or federal aid to help offset the cost of accommodating the estimated 1,500 undocumented immigrants who arrive every day.
2: Should Arizona border towns consider disaster declarations as yeah, well?
0: The only issue is you can declare a disaster all that you want to. I don't know what the dollars are going to do when you are being overwhelmed by people. What this needs is a policy change. Yes, we do need help. We need to have more help on the border, but it takes more enforcement officers, it takes more processing officers, it takes more magistrates, it takes more lawyers, it's going to take a wall and barriers in certain places to end this, but the policy shift that reverses the, at least the perception that the border is wide open in the southern United States, until that perception is defeated, you are not going to stop seeing the people coming. That's what needs to change. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time to catch you up on the big headlines.
2: North Dakota teen Kaylor Ellingston was killed in a hit and run after having a political
0: argument. Court papers show Brandt told the 911 dispatcher that he just hit Kaylor Ellingson because the teen was part of a Republican extremist group and was calling people to come get Brandt after a political argument. Can political rhetoric contribute to violence? No, I, I'm sorry, it doesn't. I, I didn't I didn't believe it about donald trump but I'm having arguments with people now about january 6th. We know that recently the President of the United States, in my opinion, did the wrong thing. He went on national television, Marines standing behind him, bright red lights, ominous, and he talked about half the country. The President of the United States went and said the former President of the United States and anybody that supports him, the MAGA Republicans, are dangerous. He said they are a threat to our democracy. They have said it over and over and over again by calling them dangerous. I still don't believe he motivated people to violence. There are still people that think what Trump did on January 6th, did because it ended violently. Well, if you're going to blame one, and it's a huge group of people and it was a bigger instance, this kid is still dead because a maniac went to the extreme in politics. I'll give you two examples. Number one, you go to a football game and you see fights break out because, let's say, the 49ers, because we hate them. The 49ers fans start fights. And you leave the stadium and say, 49er fans are idiots. No. The ones you saw in the row in front of you were idiots. Not all of their fans. The second one is bigger. Do you think that the uh, that Islam is an evil religion as a whole because of radical Islam? The answer is no. We differentiate between violent people and non-violent people, and we don't lump them all together. And we've got to stop doing that, but I don't think rhetoric leads to violence. It wasn't a direct order to commit an act of violence. It was rhetoric. It was wrong, but you can't blame them for it. ESPN's
2: Adrian Wojnarowski says the Suns could become an elite team with the right ownership group.
0: You talk to league executives and GMs around the league and for years they have all believed that the Suns could be a monster free agent destination with the right ownership group.
2: What qualities do
0: you want to see in the new Suns and Mercury owner? Um, It's got to be someone with a lot of money. It's got to be someone that has a great rapport with NBA players that they want to play for and I think Adrian is on to something. I wish I had thought of this point. The Phoenix Suns have everything else to offer right now to a free agent in the NBA. They've got a coach that everyone would want to play for. You've got a core. You've got a guy like Devin Booker. You've got Chris Paul. You've got some of the other pieces of that puzzle already there in a city that loves basketball at a time where their season is in the wintertime. Where do you want to be? New York or Phoenix in the wintertime? On top of that, we have Paradise Valley and North Scottsdale on housing that they would want, a great nightlife, and most of all, I think, When it comes to a big contract, you want to go to L.A. and give up a big chunk of your contract in taxes? Or do you want to stay here in the Valley where you're going to keep a lot more of that money? I think he's 100% right. The ownership now must look at that and say, we need to be player friendly. We need to make sure we've got a great rapport with the NBA and their players. And it's got to be someone people want to play for and let people know that. If they do that, he's right. We'll be in the playoffs often and we may win a championship finally. All right, that's Did You Hear This. Coming up in just a moment, we are going to talk about sanctuary cities. We have them now asking for help from the federal government. Stick around. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Thanks so much for being here. Here's a point about immigration we've talked about. and, you know, have a long memory. The president of the United States was elected president of the United States for a multitude of reasons in the minds of I would, I'm going with independent voters because Republicans vote Republican, Democrats vote Democrat. There were some Republicans that I think sat on their hands and didn't vote or, or voted across the aisle. But I don't think that's what the elect what happened to get the election over the top for uh, Biden. I think independent voters were looking for something different. And uh, whether they ended up liking what they got or not remains to be seen. In 2024. But what the president of the United States ran on when it came to immigration, he said before before the election, he talked about this uh, chaos at the border and that opening the borders. And he didn't use that phrase of opening the borders, but he talked about what was happening at the border. And he said what the Trump administration was doing was inhumane. And we are going to be more humane in how we treat people. And one of the things that they harped on was this idea of separated families on how they are ripping babies out of the arms of parents and separating these families and families have lawsuits and, and how horrible it is. And that's not who we are as Americans. Number of lawsuits filed against U S government over family separation at border grows. The U S government is now facing at least 27 lawsuits related to the forced family separation policies implemented in 2017. If the litig- if it's successful, the lit- litigation could leave U.S. on the hook for millions of dollars in compensation. So nearly one-third or ten of these cases are being litigated in Arizona. Um, so this was the stuff that we are talking about, but they are still filing lawsuits. A lot of these families have not been um, brought back together. So how, I mean, how do you in good conscience look at what's happening at the border on any level and say that this president is doing his job? He isn't. He isn't. It's rhetoric. It has been all rhetoric. That's been my problem with every sector of of this presidency, but especially at the border. Um, he tasked the vice president of the United States. It was her job to get control of the southern border. That that was her job. She went to the border once and that was just to shut people like me and the rest of the media that was on her case. They got him to shut up. She went to El Paso, Texas, to a secure port of entry. She didn't go to Del Rio. She didn't go to McAllen. She didn't go down to Yuma. She didn't go to the southern, you know, the open border places in Arizona. She went to a secure port of entry in El Paso. She went there. She did a photo op, she gave a speech, she got on her plane, and she left. She said nothing, and she's done nothing since. And I hear from people once in a while when I say that, see, she's doing a lot behind the scenes. And then I always respond with, what? Well, it's behind the scenes. Well, it's not working. It's worse now than it's ever been. Record number of encounters in a year, over 2 million. Record number more than three times the last five years combined. People on the terror watch list caught at the border. We are seeing the numbers that we've never seen before. How is that improvement? The answer is isn't improving. And you still got these lawsuits coming. There are still these lawsuits happening from separated families. Why wasn't that resolved by the Biden administration? They promised that was part of it. it, it, this, This is a complex problem. Now, all of a sudden, people on that side of the aisle, people that are supporters of Biden, all of a sudden now, you realize there's complexity to this issue, that it's not cut and dried about humane treatment, that there's complexities. Now you're giving caveats about the complexity of the issue. It's gotten worse, not better. Even if the humane treatment changed it It didn't change it at all. It was just better treatment of people. There's an argument. It's gotten worse. And worse, not just worse in numbers, worse in what people are facing. What's the number one killer of young people in this country? Fentanyl. 70% of it's coming into this country. Where? The southern border of Arizona. Why? Because we don't have enough border enforcement agents to interdict drugs while they're dealing with people. That's all part of the plan from the cartels. That's all part of the plan from the cartels. This is their game plan. And just like any good coach of a football team will tell you, when you find something that works, you do it until the defense stops you. If running the ball between the tackles is getting you first downs, touchdowns, and field goals, you keep running the ball between the tackles until the defense figures out a way to stop it. Once they stop that, you figure out another way to success. That's what every coach I've ever been around has said. And that goes from Pop Warner to high school to college to the professional sports. Do it until they stop it. And that we don't stop it. There is no success at the southern border. We've been talking about Martha's Vineyard and all of these other things. It's about time the country started talking about it, and they are now. They are. You may not like the tactics, and I don't blame you if you don't like the tactics. If you're on that side of the aisle, you may think that DeSantis is evil incarnate for what he did, and he's using people, and Abbott the same way, and Ducey. But the fact of the matter is, getting people's attention and having a national conversation, there is now Democrat mayors in Chicago, Washington, D.C., and New York specific, And in other places, saying to the federal government, my gosh, we're overwhelmed. You have to help us to the federal government. That's what their plan is. Get people talking about it. Get people saying this can't go on. And I'll tell you, if we don't stop this, if we don't stop what's happening, for the good of everybody, there's this, the only people that are benefiting at all from the system as it is are the cartels. Legal immigrants aren't benefiting from this at all. People that are entitled to asylum by American laws certainly are not because they're standing in these long lines as well. The people that are being brought here illegally with no right to be in this country aren't. They're being, they're being pushed into slavery. Boys are in the drug business or they're threatened with their lives and the lives of their families. Girls, how horrible these young girls are being forced into the sex trade. Who is it good for? It's not good for the Americans in border cities. It certainly isn't good for these sanctuary cities. It isn't good for anyone except the cartels, and we do nothing to change it. There has not been one policy shift. As a matter of fact, they're telling you nothing's wrong. The vice president of the United States last week said that the border is secure. It was at least maybe it was two weeks ago, but recently said the border is secure. How do you call it a success? Nobody can possibly call it a success. Do Americans agree on work ethic and success and American greatness? I'm going to talk about a poll that says, nope, we sure don't. We'll get on it in just a moment. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 923 FM, and the KTAR News app. I talked about a survey earlier today uh, in which I started with the the difference in beliefs politically that if you work hard, you can get ahead in America. I'm going to go back to that in a moment, but I want to start this with the other part of the poll that was very telling. Uh, the political parties disagree starkly on the assessment of American great me- uh, greatness. The statement is America is the greatest country in the world. More than nine in ten Republicans agreed with that statement. Only 61 percent of Democrats did. I-, I find that to be t- amazing, to be telling. Um In America, it has been as far as I've ever known. Maybe I'm blind to it. I grew up in a a working class household. I was born in Northeast Ohio, lived there until I was 10 years old or 11 years old. And then I re- re- relocated to southwest Florida where we left that family nucleus of, you know, ex- I should say extended family where grandparents, cousins. But we were all very, very close. My mother had two older brothers and both of her brothers were teamsters. So I wor- I grew up in the early 1970s in a pretty uh, wor- what you would call probably a working class Democrat household, which I didn't know what a Democrat was or not. I just know that looking back, that's what it was. I have multiple cousins across the country. And with the exception of one cousin who is actually changing his mind now about his vote for Joe Biden, every single one of the cousins has grown up to be Republicans. Um, We all grew up in the same house. We grew up in the same environment of working class. And I will tell you back then, the families I knew, Republican or Democrat, I didn't even know what that was as a young kid, we all agreed on American greatness. Now, has America changed that much that a group of us believe that we're not the greatest country in the world or has political ideology shifted? I don't know the answer to that. I just thought it was a an interesting study. 61% 61% of Democrats in this study say America is the greatest country in the world. And over 90% of Republicans in this study or in this poll said that they are the great, its greatest. Now, here's the other one. In this country, if you work hard, can you succeed? Well, according to the poll, Republicans, 85 Republicans say yes. And 13% of Republicans say no. Democrats, it was 53 said yes. 46 said no. Very interesting to me. So uh they have a woman that is a – her name is Melinda O'Neill. She's a 70-year-old retired home, home economics teacher. She's a Republican. Said people who complain about not getting ahead often aren't willing to put the time or effort in. They're looking for an easy way out. You can't expect people to give you things. You have to earn it. A lot of that is just showing up. On the other side of that poll, um, a participant, her name is Chelsea Carter, a a product designer in New Jersey, said there are so many socioeconomic differences in this country. It really depends on where you were born on the strata. Um, When you really look at what has given you a leg up, it is people who are able to support and supplement my life in a way that isn't fair, citing how she was able to attend private college and get help with student loans from her parents. And that's amazing to me. Um, I'm the exception to the rule, I guess. Um, I, I started working at 12. 12, I started at work. Now, I'm not saying it was the right thing to do. Looking back, I should have been a child. I should have had a childhood. But I started working at 12 years old, full time at 15. Now, I was still working at a restaurant as a kid and going to school. But I was working then between 30 and 40 hours a week at 15 years old. My choice, by the way. I chose to do that. Um, And I paid for it later because I was such a horrible student. But I learned a work ethic. I grew up in a house where my mom didn't have a choice to be lazy. My mother never had a choice to say I can't afford three children because she had three children. So she put her head down and she worked three jobs at times, worked her butt off, never bought herself a new piece of clothing in 10 years so that my brothers could have school clothes. She did what she had to do to keep her head financially above water, and she never made excuses. Now, how successful? I'll tell you. My mother's not rich, but my mother worked for a company eventually, worked for a company, a a hospital group in in Lee County, Florida, called the Lee Memorial Health Group or Health uh, Care, whatever their system is. Lee Memorial Health System, I think is what it's called, where she worked for, I think, 27 years, but well over 20 years, close to 30 years. She has a pension. She's retired now. She owns a home, small home, owns a used car, and she's self-sufficient. That's as successful to me as Jeff Bezos because she defied the odds more than any billionaire. She enjoys her life. You tell her that it's the socioeconomic disadvantages, whatever, whatever. I love sports because it's it is it is about risk and reward it is about hard work you have somebody that shows up early for practice and stays late even at the professional level you have someone That gets to the facility before practice, they work late, they try harder, you're going to see them accomplish much more, even though they have a skill set that most of us would envy physically. Their skill set is world class, but without a world class work ethic, you can't succeed in that league. You have to have both. You have to have the work ethic and the skill set. In the regular world that I came from, you could just show up and work hard. Again, I don't have a miraculous set of skills for anything, for anything. My success, and I've had success in two industries, came from hard work. Showing up early, staying late, saying yes when someone asks, and doing what's necessary to build something. And I believe that's available to anyone. Truly, truly, truly. If I can do it, any one of you can. And we should be sending that message. I don't care where you grow up, how much money your parents have, what color your skin is, how many people live in your house. The overwhelming thing in America is if you work hard, you can succeed. And that's what we should be instilling into our children, especially the ones that are coming from a distant Advantaged place they need to know that they can succeed and i'll bet you they will they will surprise us all right we're out of time we'll be back tomorrow starting just after eight o'clock i hope you can be with me for part of your day and I really thank you for being with me part of your day today until tomorrow god bless